All right, so the Bible reading today comes from Psalm 22. For the director of music, to the tune of the Doe of the Morning, a Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer me. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he is not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Prosperity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Wonderful. Well, we're about to come back together. If you did want an outline, there were some outlines on the way in. If you wanted to grab one of those, there were some uh, up the back there. Wonderful. Okay. We come to the end on our series of our series in Psalms. Uh, we've been looking at many different Psalms, and today we come to Psalm 22, which we've just had read to us. And the title today is Crying Out to God or Calling Out to God. It's opening up our heart to God and saying, help me, Lord. Be with me. I need your help. Because life can be a struggle. As we live 
life at different times, it can get hard. There are times when life can be beyond us, where it's just too hard, the situation for us to, to, to make right, to fix. There are situations where, where we need to cry out to the Lord, to cry out for help. Help me, Lord, that life or death situation comes about. Maybe it's an emergency that we've been in, rushing someone off to, to get assistance. Could be a, a health problem that's been ongoing and we just don't know what's going to happen. Maybe um, it's actually someone turning against us and, and, and attacking us. Uh, maybe it's that verbal assaults that can come at times, those threats. Maybe it's someone going off to war and life can be in danger. And it's in that sort of situation that we look to Psalm 22 and this idea of crying out to help. Help me, God. I need you. Be with me. And the reality is there's so many different reasons why we might need to, to cry out for help. Maybe it was our own bad choices that led us into that situation. Maybe it's just because this world is broken. Maybe someone else has turned against us or made a bad choice. Maybe it's evil at work in this world. Maybe it's someone turning on us because of our faith and they've got it out for us. But what I want to affirm to us all today is that it is good to cry out to God for help. It is good to cry out to the Lord. It's good to call on His name. Help me, Lord, I need you. I turn to you. Because our life can be in danger. And sometimes we have shorter-term struggles that we're going through. This last week, of all times, uh, I got gastro and I had two weeks of, of, of agony, or two days, sorry, of, of agony. <laughs> two weeks of gastro would be even worse. Yeah, it was a very long period of time. A struggle. But we can have big life struggles or we can have smaller things. But even in the small things, we can get a bit bitter towards God and we can start to blame Him. We can start to say, well, God, you've abandoned me. What are you doing? I blame you for this situation. Don't do that. Call out to God for help and he will help us. King David was the author of this psalm. David trusted in God throughout his life, even before he was king. David had to run for his own life and well-being. He had many times when foreign people, foreign nations came and attacked Israel. His life was in danger and yet he trusted in God. Think about how he had to run away from Saul. King Saul was out to get him and he had to run through that wilderness. We saw some pictures of the hills just before in Israel. He had to run through that and hide in caves for his very life. He cried out to God. Did God help him? What about Jesus Christ, the one who's the very Son of God? He fully trusted in God. Jesus was condemned to death. Jesus cried out to God on the cross. Did God help him? Absolutely. 
And the very first words of our psalm, Psalm 22, I'm sure, or you've probably heard them before, words that were on Jesus' lips as he hung on that cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was up against it all, and yet he refers to God as his gods, my gods. The same thing that David was doing years beforehand, declaring God to be his gods. And yet he cries out. Why was he crying out? Because he had the sin of the world in his body. Jesus bore our sins as he was on that cross. He was separated from his loving father and he cried out in anguish. He cried out and he owned the words of this psalm. In fact, this psalm is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. Six times it's directly quoted. Five in reference to the sufferings of Jesus, the righteous sufferings. He cried out. Verse 2, the crying out continues, My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. When we go through struggles, there is a reality that God can feel so distant. We're going through this difficult time and God is up here and we're just, where are you? It's this wrestling with our faith, trusting God when it's not going well. It's hard. What's going on, Lord? I've, I've called on you and this difficult situation goes on. But once again, I want to affirm for us to keep calling out to God. Keep calling out to our Lord Jesus. It is good to call on the name of the Lord, to ask for help from what we're going through. And as we look to Jesus and call on his name, we know that he suffered so much, suffered more than we can imagine or understand on that cross. Jesus went through that. And he is there to be with us when we call on his name. As we go through difficulties and struggles, may we remember that God is God and he is greater than our sufferings. The promises that we get when we call on God's name are beyond the grave. They're glorious for the future. They are good. And indeed, as Psalm 22 continues in the crying out, we see King David look back to the past, to his ancestors. In you, our ancestors... They put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. David's making this clear point. He's looking back to the past, his ancestors, his his family line and all the people of faith before him. And he says, I know that they called out to God. I know that they called on the Lord's name and the Lord delivered them. He saved them. He didn't put them to shame. And so he rejoices in what God has already done in the past. And he's saying, well, if God has been with those people, he's going to be with me as well when I call out. I can have confidence and assurance that whatever I go through, God will be with me, even if he's slow to answer those cries for help. And in the the midst of, of what's taking place, David makes it clear that persecution happens. Suffering comes about because people are trusting in God 
and not what other people think is important. People say, I'm going to choose you gods even when other people choose other ways. Whatever it happens to be in that current season. But what we see is that people actually can be harsh and mean towards people who trust in God. We see here verbal insults. Verse 7, All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. We see these strong words coming against those that are trusted in God. Insults. Mockery, making a mockery of the faith. You trust in that God, where is he? You're suffering. You're up against it. And as the psalm continues, it moves on from the verbal, which I'm sure we've all at some stage have heard some words spoken against us if we're following Jesus. People say, ha, oh, your God, he's nothing. But then the, 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 it actually turns to the physical. And verse 12 to 18, the physical suffering that comes about. Persecution at what is called the hands of vicious animals. People aren't acting like people. They've turned into vicious animals that are just out to get people who are following God. And we see that today. Maybe you could share of a situation that you know of today of um, persecution, physical persecution, where people are being hurt because of their faith. What can you think of? In our lifetimes, even. <laughs> yeah, physical people have actually been physically hurt. Yeah. So Margaret was saying some people have been physically um, assaulted because they hold to a traditional view of marriage and there's some recent things. Yeah. Executed, yeah, that's right, yep. So can you think of a specific situation? Surely we, we've heard some news recently of some persecution. We've read our papers, maybe it's not always in the paper, or the nine news maybe, but it's somewhere. Surely you've heard of something, haven't you? In India, yep. Some, yep, yep. That's right. Anything else that we can think of? And when persecution has come... <laughs> okay. Open doors, yeah. Anyone see footage? Well, I think this made the made news. In, in, uh, I think it was Egypt, when the Islamic extremists took those Christians and bagged their heads and shot them in front of uh, the cameras and made a big deal about the fact that they were Christians and they were shooting them because they, they uh, believed in the faith. Did you see that? You had a bloke that wanted to physically punch you. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it can. People, people can find it offensive that we follow the way because it... In a way, the fact that we've chosen this way actually makes them ask questions about where they sit and they're confronted by that at times. There's many reasons why people might turn physical, but it happens. It's happening, uh, the number one country at the moment is North Korea for persecution. It's horrible over there. People are being put in, in, in um, prison camps like in, in communism 
for, uh, for not... Well, it is a communist setup in North Korea. They're, they're basically um, hard labor or even put to death because they follow the Lord Jesus. There are many, many real situations of physical suffering that still take place today because people follow the Lord Jesus. It's a reality. And Psalm 22 points out that physical suffering takes place. Just looking at a couple of verses, not even all of them. Verse 17, All my bones are on display, people stare and gloat over me. Is that a good sign? It's bad. It's very bad. It's either you are starved to death and you can see someone's bones, or it means that you've been so badly beaten that your bones are actually being being displayed. What about verse 18? They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. Maybe we read Matthew and Mark's gospel and we might relate to these words. The Lord Jesus, as he was being executed, people are gambling for his only possessions in front of him, his clothes. Mocking scenes, cruelty. It was shocking. And yet, it's clear that they viewed Jesus as being not worthy of respect or honour as they gambled in front of him. So, the picture we see here, Psalm 22, and then as we go into the New Testament, did Jesus say that his followers would have hardships? He didn't say it was all just walking in roses every day, picking roses and smelling them and holding Jesus' hand every day. No, of course not. He said that there would be struggles at times it would get tough some people would confront us even physically at times but we know that God is trustworthy that he is faithful throughout you might recall in the gospels that Jesus said that you should count the cost before following me he told some parables he said it's actually going to be costly if you choose to follow me but it's worth it because you will find the most valuable thing in life Come to me and you will find eternal life. You'll find acceptance by God. It is worth it. I wish I could stand up and and say to you, turn to Jesus and you won't have a single struggle in your life going forward. But it's not a reality. It's not authentic. Us stepping forward, we will stay struggles. But we've got promises beyond the grave. And if you read the first 19 verses of this psalm and you leave it there, you'd say, well, what was that? Someone crying out for help, some, some comments about the past, and another plea comes in verse 19. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. There are more pleas in the middle of this psalm. And that is it. You could say, well, well what has happened? It's just this place of difficulty and suffering and struggle But thankfully, that's not where this psalm ends. This psalm has a glorious ending. And because I just want to say say that, yes, life can be tough. It can be sapping of our strength. But we can turn to God, and as it says there, He can be our strength. Do you remember Paul's first sermon in the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost? Have you heard of that? Paul gets up to speak and there's this great audience there and he says these words as we're talking about calling out to God in Acts 2 21 it says uh, Paul's actually quoting 
um, back to um, the prophet Joel. And he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10.13 says the same words. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the midst of difficulty and struggle, we cry out to God and the promise is, is that we will be saved. We will be delivered from our situation. This is a course is about opening up our hearts before God and saying, Lord, help me. Save me. Help me from this situation. Bring forgiveness to my heart. Because, as I said from the start, it is good to cry out to the God for help. That's my own testimony. I, I myself was lost. I can remember the day when I called out to the Lord to save me. It was Easter in the year 2001, Good Friday. I was on my own. The truth just spoke to me as I was reading God's word and I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, save me. I was sitting in this back room um, of, of my workplace, which happened to be a Navy bar of all places. HMAS Harmon. I was sitting there and I went out the back and I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, save me. I need you. I realized that I've messed up and I need to be forgiven. And I called out to the Lord for help. And I'll tell you, as I called out to the God, he answered my prayer there and then, my cry. And I found his um, joy, that forgiveness. Um, I experienced this very thing that this, this psalm is talking about. Of, of God blessing me as I cried out to him for help. It is good to cry out to the Lord. Have you cried out to the Lord? Have you called on his name? Has God been trustworthy to you as you've called out to him? I hope so. It is good to cry out to find God's forgiveness, his help. It's good as our life continues and we face danger or struggles. It's good to continue to cry out to God for help. And as this psalm continues, this cry for help turns to praise. And that's my own story. That court cry of help has, and, and has led to joy and praise towards God ever since, for all those years since. And that's the whole focus of the rest of Psalm 22. It's praise towards the Lord. I'm going to praise you, Lord. And in so many situations... I'm going to praise you amongst God's people, it says. Amongst all the descendants of Jacob. I'm going to praise you in all Israel. Or all Israel come and worship. All who gather to worship, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, those who seek God. Praise God, those from all the ends of the earth. Praise God, those who are rich. Praise God, those who are poor. Because, of course, God has heard their cry and he has delivered them. He has saved them. That's why God has been praised and honoured. There was a difficult situation. The cry has gone out and now the praise goes to God. He has been honoured. Verse 22, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. Words of praise from the person who has found deliverance. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to praise you. Now, there is something absolutely remarkable about this verse 22. It is quoted in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. And it says these words. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. What's Jesus calling us? 
What does it say there? What's Jesus calling us? Brothers and sisters. Our Lord Jesus, he calls us brothers and sisters as these words from the Psalm of David are put on his lips because he is praising God, because he has been delivered. We that are delivered, who find this trust and this hope in God, we are accepted. We are his. The most honourable spot to be, a brother and sister of the Lord Jesus. It's pretty amazing when we think about it. And that's the point that Hebrews is saying, is that we are so blessed for the faith that we have in Jesus. Complete acceptance. And that goes forever. For eternity. We will be brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus. It is incredible. Adopted into God's family through faith. And so I guess if you look at this psalm, it talks about previous generations. We saw that. What did the past generations do? Do you remember? They did praise God because he, what, he answered them. They cried out to God. We see a current cry, even seen in the Lord Jesus and in our lives. People cry out to God and they find deliverance and they find God's blessing. And it also talks about the future. What do you think the future generations are going to do? Do you think they're going to cry on God? Do you think they're going to find salvation? Absolutely. That's exactly what it says. The first word there is not prosperity, it's posterity. And I had to look it up myself. It means future generations. Future generations will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. Sometimes we can get fearful that the next generation's just going down the gurgler, that they don't know anything and they'll never hear of God because the church is useless now. But it's not true. It's not true. Future generations will know about the Lord. So we should never be in fear about what's going to happen in the future because God's name will be told and future generations will hear about the Lord and they will declare, as it goes on, I love it, they will proclaim his righteousness, that God has acted rightly, declaring to a people yet unborn. What are they declaring? He has done it. We declare he has done it. People in the past have declared God has done it. People in the future are going to declare God has done it. Do we need to fear about the future and what's going to happen? No, we trust in God that the future generations, even if the church in Australia looks a bit messed up at the moment, there will be people crying out and finding salvation. It is a good thing. For all generations, we call out to God and he helps us. There is one example in the Bible I love about crying out. Maybe you've heard of this story. Peter was out in the boat with the disciples. Jesus stayed behind to pray and the wind picked up. And it got a bit, little bit rough out there and the disciples were a little bit uncertain. They look out in the distance and they see someone walking towards them. Who is it? It's the Lord Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me step out. I'm going to trust you. And he takes a few steps out on the water. And as he steps out towards Jesus, he looks at the winds, he looks at the waves, and he starts to sink into the water. It overwhelms him. But he cries out, Lord, save me. That cry, remember? And what happens? Jesus grabs him by hand. He saves him. He lifts him up out of the water in the most remarkable scene. 
and he, he corrects him for his lack of belief, but it turns to Peter bringing honour and glory to Jesus. They're all amazed by what takes place. It's a story of calling out to God. There are so many stories in the Bible of people calling out to God and finding deliverance. There are stories here. I've heard many of your testimonies of people saying, I have called on the Lord and He has helped me. He has delivered me. Can anyone testify to that today? Yes, you can. Put up your hand if you want to testify to God's goodness, that He's delivered you from something. Many people, honey half. Why don't you put two hands up to say that you really mean it, that you want to bring glory to God because we're allowed to praise Him for what He's done. We don't have to be like, oh, look, I'm at church. God's helped me out. Someone might see me raise my hands. I like to see you declaring praises to God, Todd. It's good. It's good. That's the main thing, isn't it? That we recognize that God has blessed us. He's saved us. We've cried out to Him and we'll continue to cry out. And I guess that's the whole point, is that as we go through the rest of our lives, let's not try to fix it ourselves. Let's not do it in our own strength. Let us cry out to God. Let us open up our heart before Him. And let us trust that He will hear those cries in His timing. He will answer. And that it's only going to lead into good things. Uh, God is good. He is trustworthy. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we thank you so much that you are trustworthy. We thank you that you hear the cries of our hearts. We thank you that in the past, generations have passed that have cried unto you for help and that you have heard those cries. We thank you that our own generation, that people have cried unto you. And Lord, for us right now, if there's any struggle, if there's anything in life that we're struggling with, help us to cry out to you, to call on to your, to your name. Help us to, to call on your name and be saved. We pray, Lord, that you will also be, as you've promised, with future generations. What words of assurance that you will continue to do your good work. And we praise you now for that in Jesus' name. Amen.